The scripture says on the same day, that would be resurrection day, two of them made their way from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus. Emmaus was about seven miles outside of the city of Jerusalem. And as they were walking on the road to Emmaus, they were talking about everything they had experienced. And it was on that road that he appeared to them, the resurrected Christ but they were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus asked a question of them. What are you guys talking about as you walk along the road? And one of the disciples whose name was Cleopas, he said, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem that doesn't know the events that have happened? And Jesus fires back, what events? Jesus of Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. And the chief priests and our leaders, they sentenced him and handed him over and he was crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel even more than that, it's been three days since he was crucified. And some of our ladies early this morning, they went to the tomb to anoint his body. But the tomb was empty. In fact, an angel asked them, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And several of our other companions made their way to the tomb and they saw the same thing. And then Jesus spoke to them and said, how foolish and slow of heart you are to believe all that the prophets had spoken. And then in that moment, Jesus began right with Moses, meaning the first book of the Bible, and he showed every passage in the Old Testament that referred to him. And then as they approached the city of Emmaus, Jesus acted like he was continuing on, and the two men said, no, stop, it's getting late. Why don't you come in and stay with us? And so Jesus makes his way to their home, and they sit around a table. And Jesus blesses the bread, the meal. Then he breaks the bread and he begins to distribute it to them. And it was in that moment that their eyes were opened and they realized it was Jesus, their Messiah and Savior, that he was alive. Jesus leaves their presence instantly and the men are around the table and they say to each other, weren't our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures up to us along the road? And then they got up from the table and they sprinted seven miles back to Jerusalem. And it wasn't just the distance that was the problem. It would have been very dangerous. But when they arrived, they saw the 11 disciples and the others still gathered around. And they said, he's alive. He appeared to us and to Simon Peter. And then they began to tell about how he opened the scriptures up to them and how they sat and had a meal with him. 
And it sent that group into euphoria. So what do we learn from this story? There's a lot. I want to say this. Maybe not everyone has a Damascus Road experience. And if you didn't grow up in church, what does that really even mean? Well, it was on the Damascus Road that the Apostle Paul, as he was going to persecute the church, was radically converted. He was blinded on the Damascus Road and then became a follower of Christ. Well, not everybody has a Damascus Road radical conversion like that. But here's what I believe. I believe most all of us have an Emmaus Road. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? We have a time in our life where we're kind of walking away because of discouragement, because of doubt, because our hopes and our dreams have been dashed. And that's what these guys were doing when they were leaving Jerusalem. They were walking away. A couple weeks ago, a survey came out that kind of rocked the Christian world, the church world. Gallup does a poll every single year for the last 80 years. That's a long time. Measuring church involvement among Americans. And what uh, the survey that was taken in 2020 revealed is for the first time in 80 years, fewer than 50% of folks in America claim any affiliation with the church. That's down some 20% since the year 2000, which means on average about 4 million people, 4 million Americans a year in some way are kind of walking away, having their Emmaus Road because of doubt, discouragement, their hopes, their dreams not coming true, similar to these guys. But what do we learn from this story that can help us? What do we learn from this story that can keep us from really walking away and maybe sprinting back? Number one, in this series we have said for the last several weeks that here's what we believe about Jesus. Jesus has never lost. Do you believe that? We believe Jesus has never lost, that he is victorious, and the culmination of that is his resurrection. But because Jesus has never lost, what does that mean for us? Hope is never lost. Because Jesus has never lost, for you, hope is never lost. You see, the problem with these guys, in verse 21, we'll put it up on the screen. Luke chapter 24, verse 21, here's the problem. Here's why they were on this Emmaus Road walking away. It said, we had hoped, past tense, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. There's two problems with that passage. Number one, they thought hope was a past tense reality. They thought their hope was over. Secondly, their understanding of what Jesus was going to be and what Jesus was going to do wasn't in line with the truth of Scripture. They thought he had come just to redeem the nation of Israel when, in fact, he'd come to do something far greater. But you and I will experience, watch this, you and I will experience defeat in our life when hope becomes a past tense reality. And maybe that's where you are today inside your marriage. You had hoped that things would get better. Maybe that's where you are today with a broken relationship that you had hoped would get better. Maybe that's where you are today with a stronghold in your life that you had hoped by now you would be able to break free from. Can I tell you something? Because he has never lost, hope is never lost. Hal Lindsey said this. He said, man can live about 40 days without food. I'm sure some man can. This man can't. (laughs) About three days without water. About eight minutes without air. But for only one second 
without hope. And that's what the resurrection brings into our life is hope. That no situation, no circumstance in our life is too messed up, is too far from the hope of God, from the rescue of God. You see, your past, your situation, your struggles, your disappointments, your fears, all those things, maybe for some of you, you have just resigned your fact, yourself to the fact that, that hope is gone. But I hope today, afresh and anew for you, and if you're watching online, if you're in the overflow area, that what it means to understand that Jesus is never lost for you means that hope is ultimately never lost in any and every situation. You see, so what do we have to do? We have to learn how to hang on during the Fridays of defeat, and that's where some of you are. Why do I say the Friday of defeat? Because that's what happened to these guys. On Friday, Jesus went to the cross. That was never a part of their plan. They couldn't reconcile the, how the fact that a Savior would have to suffer in that way, even though the Scripture had taught that. And for some of you, there's some things that are going on in your life right now that are Friday events. You thought it would never be a part of your plan or your life. But you know what? We can hang on through the Fridays of defeat because of what happened on Sunday that changes everything. See, because Christ has never lost, hope is never lost. Second, let me say this very quickly. Because Christ has never lost, we are never lost from his sight. Can I tell that to you again? Because Christ has never lost, you are never lost from his sight. Here are, here are two guys. It's so fascinating to me that Jesus shows up with two guys on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, and he shows up to these guys that are walking away. And these are insignificant dudes. These aren't key players in the biblical narrative. But Jesus shows up. He pursues them. He's showing them that they have never been lost from his sight. Have you ever felt forgotten? You ever felt neglected? You ever felt like, you know what? Lord, certainly you don't see what I'm going through right now. Some of you perhaps have been on this road to Emmaus for a while now. It's a slow fade of just walking away from truth and walking away from community because of doubt and discouragement and defeat. But here's the reality. In some way, he just keeps showing up. He keeps pursuing you just like he pursued these guys. And listen, it wasn't like they deserved his pursuit. I mean, they had just said, you know what? We're taking our toys and we're going home, Jesus. You didn't come through on our terms and in our time, so we're out. But yet he pursues them. That's the nature of our king. And I think if you could just stop and wrestle with this in your mind, I think what you might see is he's been pursuing you all of your life. And he keeps bringing people into your life. He keeps orchestrating circumstances and situations to remind you because he is a pursuer. And listen, victory happens in your life and in my life when we stop and recognize we've been pursued and we begin a personal encounter with the one who pursued us. I'm going to invite the band to come out. And we're going to worship a little more, but let me share this thought with you. For these two men on the road to Emmaus, what began as a journey of disappointment on that Sunday afternoon, a journey of defeat, it looked like their king had died. It looked like the one that they had hitched their wagon to, their hopes for a future was over. What began as a journey of disappointment 
what began as a journey of defeat, fueled by doubt, ended in excitement and hope. Why? Because they encountered the undefeated one. And that's why we're here today. You're here on this Easter Sunday morning to celebrate the one who has never lost.